Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their stories in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Christine Delegro, who is an EFT practitioner and life coach. And we will discuss how Christine's business changed her life by getting unstuck on the road to finding joy. And Christine joins us from the New York metropolitan area. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. You know, I'm thrilled to have you join us because I'm sure like our viewing and listening audience, everybody has heard of EFT and lots of people refer to it as tapping. So I thought we'd start our conversation by you giving us a bit of a definition as to what EFT is and how it can help. Sure. And I'm really excited because I started with tapping about 10 years ago. And at that point, very few people had heard of it. And now more and more people that I speak to, if they don't know what it is or haven't experienced it themselves, have at least heard about it. Right. Um, so that's great because I think it's becoming more mainstream, like a yoga or Reiki. And I, I just love that. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. It's also referred to as tapping, and it involves literally tapping on acupressure points on the side of your hand and your face and your torso. And I never remember the number. It's eight or nine points that we tap on. Um, and the tapping in combination with talking through emotions that you may be feeling or a specific situation that you're dealing with calms the nervous system and clears the mind so that you can, because we go into a stress response and when we're in a stress response, we really can't make any kind of decision. So it calms the stress response and neutralizes the emotions enough that we they feel a little bit safer to deal with so that you can think about, you have a, a little bit more clarity about what the next step for you might look like. Well, you know, what's really funny before I do any speaking engagement. And even before I do uh, this podcast weekly, I tap the bottom of my chin because uh -huh. it sort of gives me an opportunity to sort of, you know, collect my thoughts and get ready to speak to the world through this, this particular medium. And when I, I took a look at your website this morning and you have this wonderful chart that has the tapping points and one of them is actually your chin. Yes. So I had no idea that I was actually doing the right thing. I was just, you know, by osmosis that, you know, I had heard that that's what tapping was and I thought, okay, I'm going to give it a try. And it really does help to kind of center your thoughts is how I would sort of describe it. Yeah, it really does. And I, what I have found is the more I do it, the more Pavlovian it is. So all I need to do is start tapping on the side of my hand or my collarbone, and I can feel the stress start to drain from my body. So it, it, it definitely builds on itself. Now, do you have to do more than one of the pressure points at a time? Or is just one pressure point great? Um, one is great. And you're not the first person to tell me that they, you know, just have sort of organically come to it. Like a lot of people will tap on their collarbone or the side of their hand. Um, when we do a tapping sequence, we go through all of the points and there's sort of a format that we follow okay. and about with, that involves acknowledging the problem and accepting it and voicing the negative emotions to kind of release them from your body and then reprogramming the brain with a more positive way of looking at things. And it shifts 
both your mind and the energy in your body so that you can kind of release um, that negative energy. But, you know, using one or two points works really well. And especially like if you're, you know, in the middle of a meeting or something and you, you don't want to go through all the tapping points, if you start tapping on your chin, I don't think anyone's going to think twice about it right. or, you know, they're just going to think you're deep in thought or, right. you know, I tend to do the side of my hand and hand. I yeah. to the table. Yeah. So, you know, anything that works to help you in a stressful situation is it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I think that we're all looking for really practical and useful ways to try to disengage from the stress, because we all know that life has just become so stressful. And for most folks, even just a little quick uh, technique that will help to before it escalates, right? Because I find the stress escalates. And before you know it, we're so stressed out, we can barely breathe sometimes. And we just lost Christine. So hopefully she'll be back with us shortly. I certainly have found um, that the de-stressing techniques that we have come up with um, in our regular business routines in life um, certainly help us with, uh, you know, de-stressing and getting reconnected with what we do. And that's really important, I think, uh, no matter what we're doing in life. Um, thank you so much for coming back, Christine. I said, I, I, Christine must have been tapping herself out of stress and she did, totally disappeared from the screen. So yeah, now, that was weird. Th that was just serendipity, right? Yeah. Um, well, but that's the whole premise for keeping it real, right? I was doing a panel discussion once a few months ago and one of the panel guests kind of disappeared off the screen. So the rest of us kept talking. And then when she came back in, you know, after, because I, I do do some editing of this to, to put it up, adding music and all that sort of thing. And I said, you know, would you like me to to edit out the section where you disappeared? And she went, well, it's called keeping it real. So we should keep it in. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you just never know when you do something live. Right. Right. So, exactly. One of the things that you mentioned, um, I took a look at your website and you talk about a life experience and your own life experience that led you to making a significant change. So why don't you share with our viewing and listening audience how that came about? What was happening in your life that you decided to kind of, you know, throw caution to the wind and make some really significant changes? Well, have you ever had a bucket of ice dumped on your head? No, thankfully. <laughs> but I certainly have had things in life that have taken me out, right? Exactly. So I have not had a bucket of ice dumped on my head, literally, but I had a figurative bucket dumped on me. I will never forget the moment that I had this realization that there was no room for the best parts of me in the life that I had created for myself. And it knocked the wind out of me. I mean, I really like the world stopped. I couldn't breathe. It just, I just knew like in that moment that I had to create a change. And I had been trying to create changes, you know, all along. And I had been telling myself, I just need to figure it out. I just need to do better. And I thought that I was the problem. Um, and then I, I realized I was the problem in the sense that I was looking at everything in the wrong way. Cause I was spending all of my time trying to make everyone else happy and trying to listen to everyone else tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing. And I had completely lost connection with my own interior voice. So 
in that moment, that's the moment that, you know, that changed everything. And I, you know, I would love to tell you that it was like a magic wand and, you know, everything just was perfect after that, which unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because that's where we, we learn and grow. Um, that wasn't the case. I had already found tapping at that point. And so I think tapping allowed me to get to that realization. Um, and so then I just continued to use it as a tool to move forward and to reconnect with that inner voice and really start to let go of a lot of the limiting beliefs I had about who I was, who I was supposed to be, and started to get more clear on who I really am and who I really want to be. Um, and that, you know, that changed everything. And so now that's what I help my clients do. And sometimes it's in the extreme, the way my experience was in that, you know, I really did a, a 180 on my life. But for many people, it's just that they may feel stuck in one or two areas of their lives, and they just need to get clear on where they want to be and how they want to move forward. Um, so it really, it varies, you know, everybody is different. You know, I love your phrase getting unstuck because one of the things that I think we all, I mean, nobody's life is perfect. And I think sometimes when we're in that place of transition or when we're getting these feelings that we're not happy in what it is that we're doing, we always think that we're the only one. Yeah. You know, this, this doesn't happen to, you know, I must've done something wrong because you know, why am I feeling like this? I, I don't feel very good. I'm not happy in what I'm doing. So I love your reference to getting unstuck because I think that it happens at different phases in life. I mean, maybe when we're younger, we don't recognize it as being stuck. We just kind of go with the flow. You know, we seem to be a little bit more, more easygoing. I seem to have found, I think the first time that I really recognized that I was stuck, I think I was in my 30s. And I sort of thought, okay, what's happening here? This is not normal. You know, what's going on? Now, when you work with a client, to, they've identified that they're stuck and they really don't know what to do. Um, and of course, tapping helps them to do the de-stress at the beginning of the experience. But is there, is there a tip that you can share with our viewing and listening audience if they're feeling stuck right now and they really don't know what to do? Is there something that you can give them to, get, to at least help with the clarity of saying you're not alone? You know, everybody goes through this at one point in time. Yes. Well, I think the first thing is to know you're not alone. You aren't, um, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not, you're not doing it wrong. Um, I think when we get stuck, there's a lot of judgment around ourselves and a lot of blame and a lot of thoughts like I should be doing this better. Everyone else has it figured out by now. Um, what's wrong with me? I just, I can't do it. You know, all of those thoughts and right. none of those thoughts, while they're very normal and I'm going to put them in air quotes or typical is maybe a better word. None of them are productive or healthy. So I think the first step is to start to be more compassionate with yourself and to realize that there are some reasons that you're finding yourself where you are. Um, and generally speaking, what it means is that you are on the precipice of something big. If you allow yourself to explore to that, there. right? that's really positive. But the other part of it is there is a part of you that is holding you back for some reason that your brain feels like there's some kind of danger. And it may be that there's some kind of belief under the surface about what you're 
what you are or aren't capable of, who you should or shouldn't be, that's kind of keeping you where you are. And so trying to kind of dig into that. And I love journaling. Um, I think it's just such a helpful way to explore your subconscious and your underlying thoughts. So, you know, some people prefer journal prompts, which are great. Some people just like to write, but either in either case, I would say, just give yourself like 15 minutes and write stream of consciousness. So don't censor yourself, just kind of, you know, vomit it onto the page, whatever comes up. And even if you're writing, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I have no idea. I have no idea. If you give yourself, it's like three pages or 15 minutes by hand. I recommend doing it by hand because there's something in the, yeah, physical the written word, writing. right? Um, and if you don't do it by hand, like type it, get it out on paper. But if you can do it by hand, do it by hand. By the end of that three pages or 15 minutes, I can almost guarantee you that some little nugget of insight, if not, you know, more than that is going to come through and start to give you a clue as to where, you know, where this is coming from and maybe give you some insights as to where you need to go next. Um, but I do think it's really helpful to, you know, work with someone, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in a group or even finding a really great book or a podcast that can kind of help you because we all have our blind spots. And so by definition, they're blind. We can't see, everyone else can see them. That's right. We can't. And so yeah. that's why like any coach I know has their own coach. Cause we all know, right. you know, we can help a client, but there are going to be things about ourselves that we're missing. So I think some kind of outside help is, you know, is always a great thing. And again, it can come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, depending on, you know, your time and your money and, and all of that. But right. some someone else's thoughts are really helpful too. Yeah, I, I love the reference to doing that sort of brain dump and doing it with by writing, because you're absolutely right. I think there is a connection with the, the written word. When we see the words and we kind of read them back to ourselves, it kind of prompts us to keep going, right? Yeah. Now, one of the things that you mentioned in your bio is that you're a mom. Yeah. And so while you're going through this transitionary state, how did you manage your family life so that your children were, you know, um, in some way on the journey with you so that when you were able to sort of put all the pieces of the puzzle together, they were comfortable too? It was definitely hard because it involved, um, you know, leaving my marriage, um, which, you know, was going to happen whether I had this realization or not. Um, and, you know, we basically, our lives changed completely. We, you know, were in a different state, a different town. Um, it was all different. So that was really challenging as a parent um, to be dealing with my own stuff and then also trying to make sure that, um, my children had the support that they needed. Um, so it just, I really spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, um, I knew one of the things that I realized because of where I was and how I was feeling, um, before my, you know, breakthrough moment was that I wasn't, really present as a parent or certainly not to the degree that I wanted to be. So even though those decisions that I was making were really hard and I had a lot of guilt about them, um, I also knew that by taking care of myself, 
I was going to be better able to take care of my children. And I think that like, as parents, and particularly as mothers, we get a lot of guilt from society around this whole idea of self care, um, and taking care of ourselves. And um, it can be really hard to prioritize your own mental health, your own self care when you have children, first of all, just logistically, it can be tough, particularly when your kids are young. But emotionally, I think a lot of women feel like they're being selfish. And um, I just, you know, and I suffer from that too. I certainly haven't figured it all out, but I know that the more I take care of myself, the better able I am to take care of my children. So I did the best I could to balance those two things. And I, I made a lot of intentional choices. I made like emotional, emotional sacrifices in terms of like, I cut back on work so that I could be there for those first few months when my kids were transitioning into another school. I mean, I had the luxury of doing that. I know that's not possible for everybody. Um, so, but I tried to figure out where I could, um, you know, where I could provide that extra support for them and also give myself time to like fall apart when I needed to and not have it be in the middle of breakfast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, we all have, we're all trying to market to a particular demographic. We all have an ideal client, you know, we all have the, the person that we feel we can connect with immediately. And that obviously helps in a coaching practice and being able to make that connection with the client. So if you had to describe for our viewing and listening audience, who your ideal client would be? Is there a particular age bracket or is there a particular time in life that you feel you make a better connection with the client? Um, I don't, I think I tend to work more with women in their forties through early Mm sixties. Um, but I have worked with younger women as well. And it's been around a variety of life situations. But I think that the, you know, the commonalities are women who are feeling stuck and or have started a transition that they're trying to navigate and they're not really sure what their next steps are. And um, often they are having a lot of difficulty kind of quieting that exterior noise um, so that they can go in and reconnect with themselves. So I really help them ground themselves. you know, both physically and um, mentally so that they can kind of hear themselves think. And I've like, I've started to think of myself um, as a mindfulness coach, like I, which is a type of life coaching, but the, the mindfulness feels more um, like authentic to what, to the work that I've been doing. And that's mm-hmm. a recent shift that I've made. Um, so it's, but it's really about like getting people out of their heads and into their bodies Um, and just quieting that outer noise so that they can really reconnect with themselves and decide what what they want. Because I think a lot of the time, particularly as women, we lose sight of that because we're so busy worrying about everyone else. Whether you're a mother or not, there are inevitably other people that you're worrying about. Um, And so it can, like I know for me, when I, you know, left my marriage, I had no idea. I had like completely forgotten all of the dreams that I had. They were just... I had to work really hard to recapture that. You know, I think that's a really important point because one of the things that happens that life is busy and the busyness of life sometimes becomes the routines that we create in order to survive in our environments. Perhaps sometimes we forget to dream 
I, you know, I was talking to a friend recently and they said, you know, well, what are you, you know, I had this really wild dream the other night and I'm like, wow, I don't remember the last time that I was actually in a state, in a sleeping state where I was dreaming. So, you know, to your point, we forget some of the things that we really, you know, had aspired to when we were younger and maybe they've, got, you know, gone to the, to the back of our subconscious because other things have taken priority. So um, that's right. a really wonderful, I, I love the two references that you've made. One is to do that sort of brain dump into the journal so that, you know, give yourself permission to kind of take that 15 minutes a day and just, and talk to yourself almost really. Yeah. And, and then I love the reference to finding someone that you connect with who can help you navigate your thoughts. Um, and obviously that is through, through the coaching world. So thank you so much for those two really, I think really key takeaways from our conversation today. Hmm. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, okay, so here you are, you've managed to, uh, to build a career. You've got this wonderful new life in a new place, in a new environment. What is in the cards for Christine for the next few years? Do you have, is there, and you've just mentioned you've made a bit of a shift in your business. So is there something that you're working towards or that you feel may be a new addition to your business in the next few, few months? Um, I, well, first of all, I am about to be, well, in a, in a year, I will be an empty nester. So wow, that's a big one. Yeah, that's going to change everything. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, I, in my business, I'm really focusing on creating authentic connections with people um, and really developing relationships both in my one-on-one -on -one practice but also through my like my email list and the in-person events that I do or the online events that I do and really creating conversation I think right. between me and my clients and the people that are looking for what I am offering right. um and so i've like recently changed my offerings i had um previously had only one offer it was a three-month offer and that was it and i've realized that people are looking for a little bit more flexibility so i've recently introduced three different packages oh, that range from four weeks to 12 weeks and instead of it was originally three months 12 weeks, 12 consecutive weeks. And I'm now offering, you know, like four sessions over three months and you get to decide how you want to spread oh, them out perfect. So with all of the packages. There's that right. level of flexibility. So that's my, that's my new offering for right now. And I'm going to cool. see how, how that, that plays goes. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm also excited about doing more. I'm doing more in-person events locally, but I know I'm offering more um, events online as well. Perfect. Well, you know what, we're going to invite you back in another six to eight months, uh, Christine, to hear how you're making out as an empty nester, and how that's that changes your dynamic. Because, you know, the baby boomer age where everybody seems to be experiencing the same kind of thing. So I think that would be a really interesting topic as a follow up. So yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we we invite you back to talk about those changes. Well, it's going to be particularly interesting. I mean, it's true for all parents. They, yeah. Everyone makes decisions around their kids. But I feel like so many of the decisions I've made in the last 10 years have been with my children in mind. Like, sure. where are we going? How, you know, right. so. Now it's not, all about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. 
<laughs> One of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words are, no, it's possible. So why don't you wrap up our discussion today by giving us the reason why that phrase is important to you? Because I think for such a long time, I operated under the assumption that like that wasn't for me or I couldn't do that or, you know, I don't get to be happy or, you know, just that, like I put myself in this box. And I think that a lot, I, I know that a lot of other people do that. I've, you know, heard people say like, oh, you know, wow, I'd love to start a business, but I'm just too scared. I could never do that. Or, wow, you, you know, you're traveling by yourself. Like I'd be too scared or whatever it is. Um, I'm getting back, you know, dating again, like, oh no, I'm just terrified. I can't, I can't do it. And we just, we stop ourselves before we've even started. And so I think, no, if, if it's something that you want to do, or even think that you want to do, know that it's possible. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know, in the blink of an eye, but if you really want it and you really believe that it's for you, then believe it's possible. Just open yourself up to possibility because when you do that, even if whatever it is that you think you want doesn't happen, something else, something else will. will. Yeah, yeah. That's really great advice. Thank you so much. I really want to thank you for joining us today. I think you've given us some great things to think about. You've given us some actionable takeaways. And it's really been a pleasure uh, learning a little bit more about you and your business. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. And to our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find Christine's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online and subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.